The people that are running after their dream know they're going to have hard times. They keep on running because they're saying within themselves, I'm the one, I'm the one. No matter how bad it is or how bad it gets, I'm going to make it. What is up, guys? You're listening to the MFCEO Project. I'm Andy. I'm your host, and I am the motherfucking CEO. Guys, today is Sunday Sermon, and I'm here with my co-host, Vaughn, otherwise known as DJ DJ God, only on Sundays. That's what's right. Up? What's up, dude? Uh, a lot of things are up. Took what, my gr- what, do you got, I- boner? <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> look, dude, I was thinking last night. Uh, I was watching... Uh, um, there's a good Netflix series. My buddy, my buddy, uh, Chris Prada, who's a plastic surgeon, uh-huh. he does all the fake titties here in town, <laughs> which I think would be an awesome job. Is that job. the one Sal's wife works for? Yeah, no, no, no. That's not, that's Mike Nyad. Oh, okay. He's a plastic surgeon too, but gotcha. he's in, they're, they're buddies. But gotcha. anyway, that's how I met, uh, Chris, Dr. Prada from Nyack. But, uh, talk about two great business guys. Mm-hmm. Fuck, man. Yeah. Great business dudes. Uh, good dudes too. But, uh, he, recommended us to watch this uh, mini series or a documentary series a Netflix original called Medal of Honor all right i just saw that advertised okay dude, yeah it's good is it really good yeah, yeah it's good so like what it is is like it's like the stories of medal of honor recipients told by other guys who also won the medal of honor for something mm. else so like one guy who's won the medal of honor is narrating the story and while he's narrating it, they have like a like an actor's playing awesome. it out. Okay, it's really cool. Uh, but <clears throat> what are some of the things that you have to do to get the Medal of Honor? Um, you have to go above and beyond uh, the call of duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to risk your own life, and there has to be witnesses. Okay, mm-hmm. and that's that. Those were the three things that they said in the documentary. Mm-hmm. Now there might be more. Yeah, but they said it's very hard to determine. Um, the difference between somebody who gets uh, the award right below the Medal of Honor and the because there's so many guys that do crazy right. heroic stuff. Right. So <clears throat> I just first of all, if you're into that kind of stuff, like Band of Brothers, you ever seen that? Oh yeah, that's my favorite yeah. series ever. That's an incredible one. Yeah. And then the one that's kind of the counterpart to that isn't too bad. The Pacific. Did you ever watch yeah, that? Yeah, 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 good. yeah. The Band of Brothers, though, is just, it's I think that's better. the best yeah, yeah. one ever. It's awesome. Um, well, I'm all about World War II. Okay, so yeah. you'll love this, all right? Because it, it also covers, like, modern Medal, Medal of Honor recipients. It's not just, like, it's old and new, it's old, so guys it's who are past, guys cool. who are still living. It, it's just really cool. That's awesome. Um, but, dude, I was I was watching it, and uh, one of the, at the end of this each series, they show the actual ceremony where they get the Medal of Honor, and then read uh, the citation of the description of what they mm-hmm, did. Mm-hmm. And dude, <clears throat> it's no secret that like I tend, everybody that listens to this knows that I tend to lean towards conservative. We talked about this on last Sunday, right. I think. I can't really remember what we talked about because I was in the <laughs> middle of a fucking rant. But uh, People I, liked it. Yeah, well, I believe, well, dude, it's the fucking truth. No, absolutely. And everybody knows it's the truth. Yeah, yeah. Okay? I don't even want to get started because yeah. I will go off. Certainly, when it comes to national defense, you are conservative. Well, I'm just fiscally conservative and I'm socially liberal. I'm more of a libertarian, but I lean towards voting to the right because the left is so fucking aggressive with pushing their views on people right. that I don't I don't believe in that. Right. Like I believe in live and let live. Like if you could do your thing, do your thing. You don't need to push it on me. Yeah. All right. That's not equality. Equality is we all get to do what the fuck we want to do. Right. All right. So. Um, Anyway, so I never voted for Obama. And mm-hmm. I, quite honestly, I thought he was a terrible fucking president. Yeah. Terrible in every fucking way. Terrible for the country's culture. Terrible for race relations. Terrible for the economy. I think he's the worst fucking president that ever lived. <laughs> he's up there, for yeah. sure. Okay, and, and, and if you look at the statistics, that's not an argument that can be argued. Okay, the stats don't fucking lie. Numbers-wise, it is what it right. is. Right? right. But here's what I... Here's what I remember thinking as I was watching him. I'd like to have a fucking beer with that guy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like people think because I didn't vote for him and I think he was a bad president that I somehow hate him. No. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't hate him. And dude, Bill Clinton too. 
Like I would fucking, I would rather have a beer with Bill Clinton. You know Clinton. what though? I would like to have a beer with Obama and Bill Clinton. Yeah. And you know what? I didn't vote for either one of them. Right. And the thing is is like uh I I just think that it's weird today cuz I remember I, I was sitting there and I'm thinking I'm like god he just seems like a cool dude. Mm-hmm. Like and and he does seem like a cool dude. Like, he seems like a guy I would fucking drink a beer with, and we would joke around, shoot some fucking hoops, talk shit, smoke some cigarettes, you know what I'm saying? Maybe smoke some weed, like, you know, if nobody was fucking watching, you know what I'm saying? Like, he just seems like, he seems like a cool fucking dude. Yeah. And and I think it's interesting, and it got me thinking, um, how it's interesting today that if you disagree with someone's motives or you disagree with their politics or you disagree with what they believe that somehow they have to be your enemy right you have to hate them yeah and like why is that what is that like where where did where did it go that like you and i as grown men who have totally different worldviews Mm -hmm. can have different points of view about what we've experienced and what we believe and all of these things that quite honestly, um, are trivial compared to what we have in common. Right. Okay? Because we right. have much more in common than we do different. And that, and if you were a black man, it would be the same. Right. If you were an Asian man, it would be the same. If you were a woman, it would be the same. We have far more in common than we do to, to fight about. Right. But human nature, at least human cult- culture over the last... <sighs> And I do think Obama had a part in this, mm-hmm. honestly. Over the last 12 years or so, has become so polarizing and divisive that it makes us believe that if we disagree with someone's point of views, that we don't like that person, or we can't hang out with that person, or we can't go to dinner with that person, or we can't like their shit on social media... You know what I mean? And right. like, like they're, you're, you're either all the way with me or you're all the way against me, and that's it. Right. You know. And I think that's, yeah. I think that's a shame. It is a shame. I think it's, I think it really is because somehow we've let the extremes dictate what's the normal policy in America. Like, I mean, I experienced this as a, as a pastor. I used to hang out with a lot of people that were were not very good Christian people. And and there were Sorry, more Jesus. Con- th- yeah and the- yeah exactly and there were there were really really conservative people in my congregation. This wasn't the majority, but there were really really conservative people, like hyper conservative. That'd be like, why are you why are you hanging out with these guys? But and- is it, but Vaughn, isn't your job as as a leader of the church to help people improve? Yeah, yeah. they thought that by so how me, you help- they thought that by me hanging out with guys that were radically different that I was somehow approving of what they did or said. And I and I think that's crazy. But the, of course the exact opposite extreme is the liberals who say you only love me and really value me if you subscribe to what I say. Which like is not I, true. which is not true. Yeah. And I honestly I'm I won't get into this, but I do think that there are certain people with certain kinds of lifestyle that they either say you approve of it, you celebrate it or you hate me. No, you don't you don't have to approve or celebrate and you don't have to hate either. Right. Exactly. You know what so, I'm saying? So my question is, why do people like you and me, why do we have friends that are all over the spectrum? And I do. Well, yeah. And I do too. Yeah. And and I and why do we have friends who are dude, all I have over the spectrum? Dude, I friends I talk to on a regular basis who are... Dude, I have people that represent my company that are extreme fucking liberal feminists. Extreme. Right. Like the furthest extreme. I know exactly who you're thinking of. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Dude, they represent their views in a respectful manner, and they're they have logical discussions, and I can respect that. Now, do I agree with those viewpoints? No, I don't right. agree with a lot of the things that are said. But that doesn't mean that we can't work together, right. and we can't do things productive together. We can't be friends, can't have drinks, can't have a dinner, can't support each other. You right. know, and I think right. that's something that really, I think that's a big problem with. Uh, with our culture right now, you know, kind of continuing on from what we talked about last yeah. Sunday where we, you know, basically just went off on all the problems. Right. I've had some time and you've had some time to talk about some of the, maybe the, the actual the causes. solutions and the causes, right, yeah. On a on a person-by-person basis. Right. And I think that's what we're talking about here 
is that, you know, we have to recover the lost art of disagreeing with one another without despising one another. And there are, there are many ways to do that, uh, mm-hmm. but they require maturity and they require logic and they require understanding and tolerance and compassion, which, by the way, are all the things that the extreme left preach. Right. But they don't exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree, man. I I grew up. I mean, I'm I'm getting old. I'm older than most people in our in our uh, in our listening audience. And the truth is, is that I remember being a, a young kid, and all the Democrats that I knew, all the liberals that I knew, they were the ones that were protecting free speech. They were the ones that were saying like, "No, you ought to be able to share that and not have somebody jump all over you." And in some ways, it was the hyper conservative people that wanted to like censor people. I remember, you that. know. Yeah. And now it's gotten to where liberalism has become this like, if you don't toe the line with political correctness, if you speak your mind, you are censored. Right. And it, and we only tolerate that which, like, it's almost assu- like they assume that we all really think what they think. Right. We're just right. scared to say it's it. It's crazy. And yeah. the worst, the worst thing about it, the worst thing about it is, is that it's like literally. That whole mindset has completely infested our university system. Oh yeah. So all the people, I'm not all of them, but they're by and large, you know, these kids go to these state universities, and there's not really a healthy marketplace of ideas. There's the really off the rocker professor who's espousing his views, and if you question him or any of the really active liberal groups on campus, you're somehow a hate monger, you're a bigot, or you're a bigot, or, racist. or a racist, or yeah, whatever. You right. can't raise well, any dude, legitimate it, questions. It, and the funny thing, and the, and what that what those people don't understand is that by attacking people for questioning what they believe with those sort of attacks, all you're doing is removing the validity of those statements. Like, right. now the term racist doesn't mean what it meant five years ago right. or eight years ago. Right. Like, everybody, everybody, everybody is. Yeah, everybody's right. a racist have now. You, have you heard about what this, what's happened? And I'm, I'm using this as an example, but have you heard about what's happened with this, this young Asian girl at the University of California, Berkeley? Her name's... Isabella Wong or something like that. No. Well, there was a there was a big like student government vote, and it was on something. I don't I don't know what it was, but it was on something about the whole transsexual issue. Mm-hmm. And what she did is she she's a student senator, and what she did was she said, "Hey, listen, I have all the love in the world um, for all different kinds of people, wherever they're coming from. But me personally, from my personal point of view, I believe that there are really only two genders: man and woman." And so I can't in good conscience vote for whatever this whatever they were voting for. Sounds reasonable, right? I mean, she's That's just me. speaking up to it for her thing. She has been absolutely vilified. Like Why? Uh, she's been called a hate monger. She's been called anti this and anti that because she actually thinks that there's two genders instead of 27 genders. Um it, it's and again, I'm not getting into who's right and who's wrong on that issue. What I'm getting into is that if you read what she said, it was very, it was expressed very respectfully, very lovingly, and let sh- and yet she is being tarred and feathered. Like in the media, in the media, really at California Berkeley, like there's yeah. all these student groups that are calling her a hate monger and that she's anti, you know, transsexual or whatever. But it, it just goes as. I, the point being is that how have we gotten to a point in our culture where we can't like legitimately express ourselves in very honorable, uh, respectful, you know, loving ways without all of a sudden somebody coming back and saying, no, you're a hate monger or you're, you know, homophobic or whatever. Easy, that's an easy argument. It's easy. It's easy to call someone a bigot. It's easy to call someone a racist. It's easy to say you're fear mongering or hate mongering. It's easy to say someone's a homophobe, but what's not easy is to sit down and examine their argument, their argument, yeah. and then also examine your own argument, yeah, and then see what pieces fit where. That takes thought, that yeah. takes reflection, and it takes humility. And there's not a lot of those things going around right now. No, not at all. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Um, well, I was saying we, you and I both, we have we have lots of friends who are on a wide variety of a spectrum, and on the one hand, we get along with all of them. On the other hand, we're not actually saying that, you know, the differences between what you believe and what I believe. We're not saying, oh, they don't matter. We're striking that balance between saying, hey, what we believe on this does matter, and our differences do matter, but they don't keep us from engaging one another in friendship. Right. You know, so my question is. 
why is it that you and I and a lot of people like us are able to do that, but the vast majority of people aren't? Like, why don't, why, I, I don't consider myself super special. I don't think I'm like super unique in my ability to get along with people, but it does seem like what we well, let's be exercise real. in our own lives Let, uh, is ex- ex- increasingly rare. I, let's be real, dude. Okay. Uh, I was just on the phone with Randall Pitch, right, as I was driving up to the headquarters today. And we were we were talking and we were laughing about how like we were actually talking about this exact thing, uh, but we were laughing at how um, you know if you we were literally having almost this exact same conversation, uh, but we were laughing about how like dude neither one of us will go on Facebook very much anymore, and the reason yeah. why we don't go on Facebook is because the amount of stupidity and negativity it's and insane. It, it it's so negative that like when you're busy you've got to be conscious about what you allow in your brain because if you let those things take up space in your brain that's less space for things that are going to be productive and you just can't do that mm-hmm. because we're like anybody else dude uh, you know i could read something online and it can infuriate me and cause me the next three hours to be concerned with shit that really doesn't fucking matter. Right. And um, we were laughing, you know, I think the first difference of, of what you're asking on that question is that, dude, first of all, you got to, re- you got to understand. All right. What we're bombarded with on a daily basis is literally, and I don't say this to be mean, but it's literally the 1% lowest intelligence of the world. The malcontents of the world. Absolutely. Yes. So we see the, the dumbest people arguing with the dumbest motherfucking people. Right. Okay. And then we're and then what we assume is that everybody's like that. But the truth is is that most people are keeping their mouth shut, like you and I. Mm-hmm. And they're having logical conversations. Mm-hmm. So first off, don't think that just because and I'm talking to myself here too, don't think just because you see this shit everywhere, it's how everybody is, because it's not true. Right. Okay. Um second of all uh, I believe that, like, you know, intelligent people, especially, you know, once you grow up a little bit, um, and, and when I say grow up, I mean, like, you know, you start to think for yourself, mm-hmm. okay? Instead of, like, looking to other places for validation or looking to the news. Uh, because, dude, let's be real. The media has an agenda, and their agenda is to be extreme, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, that's why, you know, we have all these shootings is because the fucking media sensationalizes the fucking shootings. And these kids who are lost think that their only way to be relevant is to do shit like that. If the media would be responsible media and promote shit that was actually productive and positive in an unbiased format, we would have a lot less of these fucking things going on. Yeah. And and the truth of it is is that we're going to watch the media's message no matter what. So <clears throat> um it's it's a commitment that that they got away from. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be the news used to be and when you went to school for journalism, it was learn how to report. What what does that mean? That means observe right. and fucking say what happened and let the people decide what they think about it. Now, when you go to journalism school, it's about how to make a spin so that you can get the spotlight on you and and position yourself as some sort of authority so that you could move up and get your own show and become dude if you if you watch these people on the news and you take a step back and you watch them and not listen to what they're saying, you can truly see that they're in it for themselves absolutely they're in it. To become a star. They want to be the Bill O'Reilly. They want to be uh, the uh, Rachel Maddow. They want to be those people. So how do they become those people? By acting like those people on every fucking story that they get. You see this shit in sports. How many times in sports do you see somebody make a three-yard fucking run and the guy calling the play is trying to make it sound like he just won the Super Bowl? You know what I mean? Right. Oh, he's about to break. Oh, he got tackled. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, dude, right. it's the most annoying shit in the world. But all that is is them trying to progress themselves. And by them trying to progress themselves, they are feeding us shit that hurts us. 
Absolutely. It hurts our ability to relate to people. It makes us think poorly of people. It makes us think that issues that are minor, minor issues are massive issues, right? And if, dude, if you watch the news, black people and white people fucking hate each other. Right. Everywhere. All of them. All like, of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, all the black dudes in the warehouse, they fucking hate <laughs> all the white dudes. That's why they're back there fighting right now, right? Right, right They're right. having a fucking race war in a fucking back room. Right. If you watch the news, that's what would be on the news. Yeah. You know? 17 white guys beat up four black guys <laughs> right. in a racial, racially motivated snowball fight. Right. You know, because we just had a snowball fight this morning. You, right. But, like, dude, that's the shit that, that, you know, people, the dumb people watch, and then people put ads. Yeah. You know? And, and more than that, they'll even, in, this, in, in the situation you just described, they'll find the one representative of his or her race who's, like, the worst possible guy, and they'll pluck that guy. So they'll find the one, they'll, they'll say... Uh, one black man complained that the that the snow was white. You yeah, know, right, yeah, yeah, no <laughs> yeah, shit. And, they'll, and then like zoom in on that guy. Yeah. So that and then white people read that and they're like, man, stupid. You know, God, you know what? God's yeah, right. God's fucking racist, dude. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Because he that? made snow white. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, it's just crazy. But you know what? That reminds me. I I don't know if you'd be up for this someday, but I. News has been so biased for so long that people are so so used to it. We, someday we ought to have a, a, a show just about, here's how to read the newspaper. No here's shit. Here's how to pick no up shit. on the bias. No because shit. there are certain words that are telltale indicators that this this isn't a headline. Dude, this people, is a This is a statement of opinion. People, exactly. By the way, it, the New York Times is no, one of the worst offenders of it. Vaughn, you're a fucking, you're a writer. You study this shit. Dude. I truly, truly believe that most people do not know how to watch the news and pick up the bias. I feel like they, they feel like I should be able to trust the news, what they're saying is true, and, and that's why people who watch whatever station right. regurgitate that shit, you know, over and over, and that becomes their beliefs. Like, they right. truly believe it's the truth. Right. It is not the fucking truth. No. And you it's have not. to be smart enough to be able to step above and and think on your own. And to answer your question, what's the difference? I, I really think, besides all those little things we just mentioned, the biggest thing is that once you grow up and you start thinking for yourself and you develop the ability to rise above and look down and decide what's what on your own, right? then you start to become very secure in your beliefs. That's the key. Uh, okay? And so when you become secure in your beliefs... You don't feel the need to push them on other people because it's not about other people. It's about what you believe. Right. It's about what your family represents. Okay. How am I going to raise my kids? How am I going to run my company? How am I going to teach the people who follow me? What message do I represent? What core values do I stand for? And when you become solid there, you spend zero effort arguing with people that disagree. And you don't mind what people disagree right. because you know what? I know what I am. I know what I represent. I know what I'm about. So I don't need outside validation from Joe Blow on fucking Facebook. Absolutely. I mean, what would you do if if some 18-year-old punk said to you, Hey, Andy, uh, you don't know anything about building a business? I would ignore it. You would ignore it? I would. Lie. You might get I'd mad lie. in the sense of get irritated, but would you get offended? No. No, why would you? Why would you not get offended? Because I know I know how to run a business, right? Because yeah. you know it. It's like if somebody said to me, "Dude, I would." I I get people to say that. I have people to say that shit. Like I have people to say that shit on my Instagram. Literally every time I post. Oh, dude, you know what? You just got fucking lucky doing that. You're just another fucking snake oil salesman that got lucky. Blah right. blah blah. Like, dude, right. I just fucking blocked the motherfuckers. Right. You know, I like, mean, and it, it's it's like if somebody were to say to me, you know, you suck. I don't, spend, I don't even respond. I just fucking block them. Like, right. it's not, and then, like, I block them, and then usually what happens is, I'll get, dude, it's funny, because Emily hates this shit. By the way, don't do this, what I'm about to say. Bless you. Well. That was a big sneeze. Bless you. God uh, bless you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I need it. Uh, so, uh, but dude, they'll DM Emily, and they'll say, your husband blocked me. I was in a bad mood. I don't know oh what I was gosh. doing. Could you ask him to unblock me? You know what the answer is? No. No. Don't be an asshole. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. So, um, but I just feel like the more secure you are, 
the less you feel the need to defend yourself. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I can say with a clear conscience, and I'm not, and I'm not, you know, we've but, talked about But don't you think that comes with, with, with learning to think for yourself? I think it comes with learning to think for this like, yourself. You, but I also think it, it comes with just taking the time to evaluate your own opinions and your own beliefs. It's not just thinking for yourself, but it's actually giving some time to studying what you say you believe. For instance, I know, I get it. I know that there are very, very, very smart people out there who literally do not believe that there is a God. But I've studied it enough. I've studied the arguments for and against that if somebody were to come up to me and would go, dude, you're an idiot. God doesn't exist. It's That's just simple. I, w- I wouldn't be offended. Which is I'm not offended argument, by that. That's probably an argument that you hear. Right. I hear that all the time. Yeah. And I'm not offended by that because I'm secure in my own beliefs because I've taken time to study it. I've taken time to evaluate. I'm not, I'm not in a million years saying that I am infallible and that I couldn't possibly in any way, shape, or form be wrong. But I've studied enough that I'm not offended if somebody says that. Right. I'm not offended if somebody says any number of things against my religion. Because it's okay. It doesn't mean that, first of all, I think people have lost the fine art of somebody attacking their views without them thinking they're attacking them. That's because you know? of the internet. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the argue, dude, people have lost the fine art of how to fucking argue. Absolutely. Like, dude, how many times have you and, ar- you and I argued? A lot. a lot, yeah. You and I have argued a lot. Yeah. Like, people don't ever really hear it, but no. like, dude, we'll be talking about something and yeah. we'll get an argument. Yeah. But have I ever said, hey, Vaughn, you're a piece of shit. No. <laughs> you know? That's no. where people people take it from, like, an argument online that then it becomes, it automatically goes from, I disagree with you, to you're a fucking piece of shit. Right. Fuck you. Right. You know? It's like, right. dude, if that's the best way that you know how to argue, you're going to have to learn how to argue really well in life. Because right. guess what life is? It's a long series of fucking arguments. It's, it's tension, it's yes. conflict, and that's how you grow. And, uh, yeah, so basically what we're saying so far, I guess, is that if you want to be able to have these... And I agree with you, by the way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, I think we're saying sort of the same thing. No, no, like, I, 100%. Yeah. I just wanted to take a second, because we've covered a lot of things. I'm just going to say, for those of you who are following us, because I'm sure you are, but, you know, when, when two geniuses get on the... get on, You know, sometimes it's hard to follow. When, That's true. You know. Well, at least but, when there's one genius. Yeah, exactly. One yeah. genius and one would be. Yeah. Um, but which no, I think I think with the, with the art, what we're saying here is that if you want to have the kind of relationships... Where you can disagree but still really connect as friends. One, you got to be secure in your your beliefs, which is what Andy was talking about. And the second thing is, I think, kind of reading between the lines of what you said is, you've got to learn how to attack the problem or attack the attack the the claim, not the person. Don't don't make it personal. Right. Just say, hey, we're just arguing about some sort of issue. Dude, it, and I have now, good I have good friends, like really good friends, that I know I could call in a pinch. Yeah, that completely disagree with everything I fucking Absolutely. think. Absolutely, like about about my political views. You know, they're on the complete opposite end. Yeah, but if I call them today, they will fucking show up. Absolutely, you know what I mean. And we've lost that. We have. Yeah. It's it's crazy, but um, I I just it is sad, but I do think it. I I do think at the end of the day, the reason that most people are offended is not because somebody said something that is objectively offensive. It's because they themselves are insecure. Absolutely. And they are thin-skinned, and they take everything personally. Right. And they, I, you know... And dude, you want to flip it around on someone, like when they get all offended and they fucking get pissed off? Because this is what people do, right? Like what I just said. You say something, or you type something, or you post something, they disagree, and then they say, Vaughn, you're a fucking retard. Right. Right? <laughs> right. And you just say back... You want to flip it on someone? You should say something like this: "Hey, uh, I don't know what I did to 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 take it to that level. I respect that you disagree, but you know they don't no, know what to do. No need to get like that. And you know what they'll do every time? You're right, bro. I'm sorry. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. they will. But but like, at but first it it'll kind of stun bigger, them. Yeah, because they're being a bigger yeah, person. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now look, I'm the first guy that wants to say fuck you, brother. Right. Like you know, but the truth is, is like. I, I don't really have the time or energy to deal with it, so I just block them. But, yeah. but a lot of you guys like to argue with people. So if you want to fuck with them, just yeah. sort of agree with them. Yeah. Be like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I am retarded, but I don't think we need to take it there right now. <laughs> yeah, right. And they're like, uh. Right, you know? but it is amazing, though, that people have really lost the art of de- determining the difference between a statement that's an objectively critical statement of a particular position or belief and something that's an insult so, or, or something that's truly offensive. So, for instance... You know, back in the day, if somebody if somebody said, um, 
you know, some sort of racial slur. They said, oh, you're just a stupid whatever. Yeah. Well, that is offensive, okay? But we've gotten to the point where if somebody says, you know what, in evaluating the the antidotes for institutional racism in our country, I actually don't feel like, uh, you know, affirmative action scholarships are really effective in helping that. So that's just, that's just, you're just making a statement about something you believe. You're racist. But you're racist. Right. And they don't they don't see the difference between stating an opinion on policy when a, when a rea- and actually when a, making when, an insult. When, yeah, but when a real answer to that would be like, you know what, I don't necessarily agree with that, but there's probably some areas that we could improve on it. Right. So what are those areas? You see what I'm saying? Right. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, where's Absolutely. that conversation? Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> where's that? Yeah. Well, that would require once again a certain level of brain power and right. thinking. Right. You know what, though, dude? Not I, just I will saying, say hey, this. Vaughn, you're fucking honky. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. You're fucking right. racist honky. Right, right. You know, I, we've, we've been kind of tough on the on the left. And by the way, that goes both ways. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah. we've been kind of tough on the left. The one thing that I get really, really frustrated is Because there's some fucking dumb motherfucking conservatives out there, too. Absolutely. It's like I was talking And there is some fucking... Far, as much as there is far left, ridiculous fucking dumb fucks, there is the same amount of far right... Oh, ridiculous absolutely, dumb fucks. absolutely. And Dude, I think, you do nothing but fucking stir the pot. You know they're doing everything they can to be to be offensive without actually saying offensive racial words. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or like divisive, homophobic words. It's like they say it without saying it. Just so you know, guys listening, we don't like that shit either. No, absolutely. That shit's a fucking just as bad. Like the way you guys see it. Uh, like on the left is the same way that us in the middle, you know, white hand right see it too. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I we, uh, we should honestly, dude, we should figure out a way to cut off like the the the, the far left five percent and the far right five percent, and like send those motherfuckers to different islands, and the rest of us can just be happy. Absolutely, I agree. <laughs> I, you know, it's um. To, to kind of illustrate that, here here's a perfect example. While it is true that people take the whole there, you know, there's a racist under every rock thing. The flip side of that is that, you know, if you study our nation's history, like in 1921, 50,000 Klansmen uh, congregated in Washington, D.C. and held a rally. In like as late as the 40s and 50s, one in four of of the people of the state of Indiana, I'm not picking on Indiana because, hey, I'm from Kansas, so we had some of our same issues, but one in four were members of the KKK. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. One in four of, of adult white males was a member of the KKK. Wow. Um, so, and there's just been some, like, if you get into the, I've, I've, I read the um, the autobiography of Martin Luther King. I mean, in the 50s and 60s, there were literally white people blowing up black churches and killing black kids. And so when I hear somebody say today, dude, that was like 50 years ago, or just get over it. You know, like, that wasn't a, that long ago. That wasn't that long yeah. ago. And we, we, you know, I do believe that this is the greatest country the world has ever seen. I do that too. said, it doesn't mean we're perfect. That's right. It doesn't mean we can't learn from our mistakes. Right. And just to sort of casually dismiss our history, well, that happened like, you know, 50 years ago. That's To me, that's the opposite extreme. That's like so downplaying the fact yeah, that we do have think, a history of this. Now, now, I'm not standing up for those people who say that because right. I don't like that either. But in the cases when, that's, when those kind of things are said, I feel like they're usually provoked... By comments of saying, well, you guys got to pay reparations. Right. You guys right, got to right, pay, right. like this extreme, you, you've you got to pay money for shit that happened right, that you right, didn't do. Exactly. Like, so, right, exactly. No, some, I totally so, agree with you. So it's like these two extreme arguments of that uh, of stupidity, right. to be completely honest. Absolutely. And the rest of us are caught in the crossfire. Yeah, right. Which is why what we're saying here, guys. That's the worst guys, thing about the internet. Right. Is it gives the fucking, it gives... Everybody a voice. Yeah, absolutely. And not everybody deserves to have a voice. And I think the answer is is have a firm position, be proud of your position, but be reasonable. Like don't 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 refuse to hear any of the claims of the other side. That's to me, that's the problem, is that we're so caught in the crossfire between extremes. That that when somebody says, "Hey, listen, you're right. Not everything's racist, but we do need to recognize that there are so, there are some historical racial over undertones," and and just have a reasonable conversation. The problem is, we can't because the the extremes are so loud. Dude, it's because everybody's a liar. It's, yeah, everybody's lying. Everybody's lying. Everybody's lying about the issues. Okay, like, dude, if like I'm talking about racism, like. <clears throat> 
generations that are still alive today that are 60 plus years old, they grew up using the term nigger right. as if it was the term dude. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it was a common term. Right. And <clears throat> if you don't think that every single fucking white person, every single one, has family members in their family that use the term nigger. Right. They're a fucking liar. Right. That's the truth. Okay? It's way fucking, it's way more than what fucking white people want want to fucking say it is. Absolutely. But you know what is also the truth? Is if, you, if you're fucking black and you your family doesn't sit there and talk about the fucking white man and you act like that shit don't happen, you're a fucking liar right. too. Everybody has their issues. That's right. No question. Absolutely. So... And, and until those conversations at home are fucking not tolerated. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, where you hear your crazy uncle fucking saying that, and you say, hey, don't fucking say that. Right. That's not okay. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Or whatever. And that goes for both sides. Until the fucking conversation is handled on the home front, In the family. it ain't going to fucking change. Yep. 100%. Because that shit is taught. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? Like, your kids hear it. Your kids hear your crazy uncle hear that shit. And then they're like, what's that mean? And that's where it fucking starts. Yeah. And until those conversations are controlled at home and you, and I'm talking to all of you, stop tolerating that kind of shit, it ain't going to change. Because here's what's happening right now. You have motherfuckers who tolerate that shit at home and then come out in public and act like they don't tolerate it. Right. And then they're like, well, I don't know where this comes from. Like, yeah. Everybody's a liar. They're all yeah. fucking lying. And there are some excuses, but almost to a person... If some kid is saying it, it's probably because they heard it at home. It's probably because they heard it from their dad no shit. or mom. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, okay, so in order to have these great relationships where we can disagree but not despise each other, you got to be secure in your own beliefs, and you gotta you got to learn to attack the problem, not the person, and don't take it personal. But I'm curious, and I think there's an element of sales in this, so I'm excited to hear what you say. You have to say. But let me ask you, Andy, if you are going to influence somebody, if you are going to persuade them to your point, how do you go about doing it instead of just yelling at people? <sighs> I think that I can only speak for me, obviously. Um, for me, I when I was younger, and when I say younger, I mean like under the age of 30, um, I used to look at conversations as something to be won, okay? Uh, like to dominate the conversation. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm right, and here's why, and here's this, 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 this. Um, and until I completely destroyed the other person or we got in a fucking fight. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, that's not productive. Uh, what that does is even when you win the other person ends up hating you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, when you're in business, which a lot of you guys are, that's why you listen to this. That's not a productive way to do business is to, mm -hmm. to have a argument where the person walks away hating you. Right. Uh, so I realized that, and I realized that it probably would affect my money. Um, and that's what made me start to like evaluate how I was conversing. Uh, I changed, I started to realize that, uh, and, and coincidentally, when I started to realize that, I started to make a lot more money. Mm -hmm. um, and a, a lot of people, when you, you first of all, you got to know when it's appropriate, right? Like, it's not appropriate unless you're a political, uh, unless you're making your living mm -hmm. in politics, it is not, or religion, or whatever it is, these controversial subjects... It's not appropriate for you to go blast this shit out everywhere on your social. And here's why. Because 50% of the people are going to disagree with you a lot. Okay? And because of the nature of our culture right now, when people tend to disagree, they tend to not like you either. So they're not mm -hmm. tolerant of that. So what's happening to you and what you may not realize by you posting all this shit, saying all this shit, being loud about all this shit is that it's costing you a lot of fucking money that you don't realize. A lot of like, what if you're posting shit on your social that your boss three levels up doesn't fucking agree with and completely despises you? Right. That's going to fuck you. Okay. And you could say that's right or wrong and you can argue about it and you can say this or that, but it is what it is. 
He might not ever tell you. They might not ever say anything. It might, not, but but you're probably not going to progress very well in that company. Mm-hmm. All right. So, learning how to be tolerant of other people's uh, views. First off, you have to learn when it's appropriate to have the discussion. Second of all, I think that um, the changing your mindset from "I'm trying to win this conversation," which, dude. I'm not the only one that used to be like that. I mean, if you go online, that's pretty much the culture. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to win the conversation right. versus trying to win the person. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think a lot of people spend too much time trying to win the conversation when really you you could win over the person. And if you win over the person, it'll make you more money. It's gonna be. It's gonna make you your relationship better. It's gonna make your friendship stronger. It's gonna make your network bigger, and I think that is something that uh, people lose sight of. So, uh, I think your. Uh, I think the illustration that you use for the uh, Ford and Chevy is a perfect example between between uh, of the difference between um, winning an argument and winning a person. You know where you t- you talk about like if yeah, you're, there's a certain yeah, tact, right? Yeah, like like uh like like. And for people that don't know what he's talking about, I'm talking about like, uh, I use this example in sales training all the time because this is how salespeople typically are in the beginning. They try to win. Like, I'm trying to get you to buy this. I'm trying to win. I'm going to beat your arguments. That's right. And get, and yeah. When reality, the first step to actually having a productive uh, sales call or uh, a productive conversation where you're going to win someone over is to side with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so f- the example that you're talking about is uh, the guy who's driven a Chevy truck his whole entire life. Okay, and uh, sh- his last Chevy truck has broke down seven times. He's fed up with it. He still likes Chevy. He's still loyal to Chevy, but he's at a point where he wants to look at a at a Ford. Mm-hmm. All right. So the guy drives his Chevy truck up on the Ford dealership. He gets out of the of the Chevy truck. The Ford salesman comes over and looks at him and says, dude, why are you driving a fucking Chevy? Mm-hmm. You need to be driving a Ford. What did that salesman just do? He said, you're a fucking idiot. He insulted him. Right. Right. And because that person has made a conscious decision to feel that way about Chevy for a long time. And even though he's upset with Chevy right now, you just ruined the only opportunity to actually have a productive interaction that would probably end with a sale at this time instead what would happen if the same scenario happened the the chevy driver drove his truck up on a lot he's in the mood to at least look at a ford and the ford guy walks up and says hey man that's a beautiful truck you got Mm -hmm. that's a beautiful truck you know what i drove chevy for a long time i really liked him a lot and then you have a conversation right you know blah 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 Hey, what brings you in today? Now how now how's it go? You Very well. Saying? Very Absolutely. different. Because you honored the person. You, you honored, honored the their choices. Beliefs. That's right. Yes. Doesn't mean you agreed. No, you it meant that you them. honored your yeah. you honored and respected. That's right. It's a be- I mean, there's so many connections between sales and yeah. and, and personal right. influence, right? right? And and making an impact on people's lives. It's good stuff. But dude, think about that though. Like, like think about somebody who you're arguing with and like somebody who's got the complete other side of the argument that you do they they believe in opposite of what how different would the conversation go if you said hey instead of saying dude you're a fucking idiot instead of saying you know instead of saying you know what fuck trump he's a piece of shit what if you said hey you know what there's some things about trump i really like you know he seems like a funny guy he's got a good sense of humor you know Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You got to find the common ground. Dude, I had to learn that because after a year of Obama, I said to myself, I'm either going to be the most offensive, irritating person about this president or I've got to just decide, listen, I don't have anything personally against the guy. I just disagree with some of his policies. And so I had to learn how too. to say, "Me too." Listen, I don't hate him. He's a good dude. Uh, I actually uh, you started know. to look forward to his jokes. Yeah, the guy made funny jokes. Yeah, and he he Obama was actually pretty good too on a lot of the videos that he made. Dude, he was I'm pretty good at pointing, uh, poking fun at himself. Oh, dude, look, you know he's got a good sense of humor. He yeah. seems like a cool ass dude. Uh, I would love to have a fucking beer with him for real. And yeah, and uh, and I don't agree with any of his politics. Right. You know like, what I'm saying? I believe almost nothing. Yeah, but like, but the dude, the the dude seemed, and you know, I'll tell you this too. 
I don't know outside of 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 maybe a few, maybe five other people that ever lived. He's probably one of the greatest speakers in history. Of He's a very good orator, yeah. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. I, I dude, I mean, dude, his words just come through. Yeah, and his voice, it's like fucking butter, dude. His his Q and A, not so much. No, but, but his but his speeches, yeah. are, are really good. Yeah. But uh, okay, guys. So how you connect? How you how you disagree without despising one another? Once again, get secure in your beliefs. Uh, learn to attack the problem, not the person. Don't take it personally. Um, how would you? I, I guess you would phrase it. Don't try to win an argument. Try to win over the person. Yeah. Right. Stop trying to look so, at conversation as something to win and start looking at it as something to learn from. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because ignorant people try to win conversations. Smart people try to see what they can learn. Absolutely. You know? For sure. For sure. Um, I actually have a pretty cool story. Can we close on a story? Yeah. So this buddy of mine uh, from around here, his name is Don. This is not the Don that you're thinking of who was my client. This is another Don. Um, he told me this story. Is basically- one of your male prostitution clients? <laughs> no, that's another Don. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> there no. you go. See, now he's finally getting the jokes. Right. Yeah. So, um, so no, he told me this story about how, you know, when he was growing up in, in high school, he got into some really bad stuff and he was in a bad crowd. Now, not the kind of bad crowd that, you know, we might was say he like like bad stuff like like put the lotion in the basket stuff. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but but he Dude, wasn't come like on. he wasn't like come on. That's Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> oh yeah, it's been a while since I've seen that. Oh my god, come Hello, on. Hello, Clarice. Um, Everybody knows put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> like that's like the ultimate crazy shit. Oh, that is is that like with cannibalism and stuff? Yeah, don't you remember the part where like the girl it's was been in the a hole? Long time. Oh come on. Man. Everybody make fun of Vaughn. <laughs> for not knowing Silence of the Lambs. But in any case, so he was telling this story. He put that, lotion in the basket. <laughs> Dude, cool, I got to explain it. Now. All, right, All right, you explain it, and, so, then I'll, and then I'll tell something okay. about another so movie, the and then I'll get the back hole. to my, my, my story. The, the, the kidnapped girl. You, have you seen that movie? Yeah, it's right, been a long the time. The girl is in a hole in the well, and he's trying to get her to put lotion on so her skin will be soft. And he could cut it off oh. and wear it as a suit. Oh yuck! Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. And I know, I know that a lot of his statements are like, you know, double entendre plays on words, like "so nice of you to come over for dinner" and stuff like that. You know. Oh, you're talking uh, about Hannibal Lecter? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But so. that's, this is this is uh, Buffalo Bill. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I got you. Well, yeah. okay. So before I go this back is to the my- guy that Hannibal tried to catch, you got to watch it again. I got you. I will. Yeah. But before I go back to my my story, which is a good one, by the way. But before I go back to it, I was just thinking. I've got the perfect line for Sal if anything ever happens to you and he has to kind of take up the mantle. Yeah. I think he should stand in front of everybody and be like, you have bled with Andy. Now bleed with me. Oh, dude. Braveheart. That would be awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, on that note, back to my story. That's uh, that's, uh, Robert the Bruce. Yeah, Robert the Bruce. Which apparently there's a new movie out, Robert the Bruce. No way. Yeah. Is it with him? It's on on Netflix. Is it the same guy? No, it's it's Chris Pine is playing Robert the Bruce. Chris Pine, he's like a younger actor. He was like the new Captain Kirk and some I don't of the know new. No, none of those guys. Yeah, man. yeah. Well, I don't. I, I don't it's know amazing to me. I don't know half the people's names. For the only actors anymore. I know is ones I'd probably go on a date with. Yeah, yeah like The right. Rock, yeah. fucking uh, Thor, whatever that. Yeah, what's his name? Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I agree. I'm not gay, but I'm just saying. No, I we had I'd go on a man date with those absolutely. guys. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so back to my story. So Don, my friend Don, he grew up in St. Louis. He was into some bad stuff in high school. Really bad stuff. Not like boys will be boys types stuff but he was like taking some pretty hardcore drugs he was he was uh what's ste- hardcore to you like oregano no i think he was like meth and stuff oh, really? i mean he I was, was doing yeah like he was and then um and then he was i think he was stealing stuff anyway he was doing lines of coke off other his mom listen this is a good story this is a good story so his mom actually forces him to go to this uh this youth camp with uh with it, and the youth speaker was actually his his youth pastor okay. at the camp so he had kind of a previous Wait, how relationship. old is this guy Oh, he's my age. But he went to a youth camp at your age? No, no, no. no. He went to a youth camp when he was in high school. So he was into this shit when he was in high school? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he was off on a wrong foot, right? right? Okay. So he goes to this youth camp, and the speaker is his youth pastor, okay? And at one point throughout the week, he and a couple of his buddies go into the bathroom, and I think they were going to smoke or something or do whatever, and they just start ripping on the youth pastor, Okay, this, which is his youth past. Like, they're saying all sorts of really, really mean stuff. I bet he's in the shitter. Toilet flushes. 
He comes out. Don's like, fucking oh, karma, crap. man. Yeah. And here's the thing. He was like bracing for it because he knew he was a jerk and he was kind of bracing for getting a tongue lashing. And what he was surprised about when 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 Keith came out um, is that Keith had this like really pained expression on his face, like almost like he was going to cry. And Don told me, he's like, I looked at him and he's like, dang. And all of a sudden he was like, man, I think I hurt his feelings. So he started apologizing to Keith. He said, he said, hey, man, I, I'm, I'm really sorry. I, you know, I, I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. You weren't that bad of a speaker. And I took some of, you know, some of the things you say. So Keith says in this just really like somber, serious way, he's like, Don, I'm, I'm, my, my feelings are not hurt. He said, you are into some bad stuff, and I'm concerned about you, man. I love you. And, uh, and he just said, and I just, you know, I just hope you get your life turned around. And he said, you know, if, when you when you want to turn turn your life around, I'll be there. I'll be there to help you. And so Don said that made a huge That's a fucking wake up call, man. Yeah. So yeah. Don said it made a huge impact on him at the moment, but he still, but he still uh, proceeded down that path. So about five years later, his life has just like Gone fallen shit. apart. Yeah. He's bought a gun. He put he had it to, in his mouth. He said he was about to pull the trigger. He closed his eyes and he pictured Keith's face. And he said, the thing that struck me is that Keith's face wasn't angry. It wasn't like going to ball him out for disagreeing with him or, 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 you know, ripping on him. He said, I just saw his face in my mind. And he said, I thought that dude's concerned about me. He loves me. He cares about me. So he said, I uncocked the pistol. I put it down. I tried to find his number. Within five minutes, I found his number. I called him. And fast forward, he's a family man. He's an upstanding guy. Oh, and by the way, he runs a youth camp. That's what he does for, his, for a living. That's awesome. And the reason that I say that is because I think, I think our tendency when we disagree with people or when they offend us or they say is we just want to yell at them and we want to we want to put them in their place. And like you said, we just want to win the argument. And I've always that's that that story has always really struck me because Keith didn't think about winning the argument. He just thought about communicating. Hey, I care about you. I love you. I'm here to support you. I'm not going to argue with you over what I believe or what you believe. I'm just here if you need me. And it had a radical transformation on him. And I think at the end of the day, for those of us who who really do not care how different somebody else lives or believes or whatever they do, it doesn't mean that we agree or disagree. But at the end of the day, the people who are able to get along with one another are people who just fundamentally have a, a concern and a decent um a decent desire to support someone, whether we agree with them or not. And if more of us would do that, I think we could go a long way into transforming this culture. Yeah, and, and I think um, I think another point uh, in that story, in that story, that's a great story, by the way. Um, I think another point in that story, and this is one of the points of the book in The Four Agreements, which is a great book if you haven't read. I've heard that's a good yeah, book. it's yeah. really good. Um, but... It's never to take things personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this goes back to the point we talked about being secure in your beliefs, right? When you're secure in your beliefs and you've done the homework, you've done the research, and you truly believe what you believe, it helps when things like that happen to not take them personal and not get defensive and not get angry and understand that that what even though that those guys were talking about uh, the Keith guy mm-hmm. and they were saying those negative even though you might be the person in the stall that the other people are talking about that conversation really has little to do with you right it's more about them that's right it's more about their problem and when you when you truly start to understand that I think that's where you start to rise above um, you know the bottom one or two percent of crossfire that we're seeing in society. And I like this conversation we've had because I did feel kind of bad about last week's podcast, even though it was extremely popular. People went crazy. They loved they it. Did. And I get that. Yeah. Like, because, dude, I'm expressing the frustrations that a lot of people have. And I've got that from every culture, every gender, all 17 of them, or whatever the <laughs> fuck is out there. Like, um, 27. Yeah, whatever, man. Uh, but the point is, is like, I, I didn't I don't ever feel good about pointing out a problem without offering a solution. Yep. You know what I mean? And and you shouldn't either, by the way. Uh not you, Vaughn, but no, I got you. The listeners. Yep. Um 
you know, when when there's a problem, you're not doing the world. They're not doing the world a service by just complaining about it. And I right. felt I felt bad about that after last week's podcast. Uh, so I feel good about what we're talking about here because I do believe that the way to really change all those things we talked about last Sunday is to really get control of our own beliefs, to become secure in our own beliefs, and to rise above the personal attacks and 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 start to squash that shit, be better than it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, at the end of the day, we are in the United States, uh, and I know we have international listeners all over the world, which I appreciate you guys. I don't know a lot about your country because mm-hmm. I live fucking here. Right. Okay? And so... I'm sure your country might have similar issues, but at the end of the day, we're in control of how we behave. Mm-hmm. We're in control of how we treat others. We're in control of the things we say and the things we do and um, how we interpret the things that we think, all right? Because not everything you think is going to be right, okay? So becoming aware enough to examine these things and to get uh, aligned with what it is you truly believe, not what you're thinking at the moment, gives you the ability to not take things so personal, to not hate President Trump or not hate Obama or not hate white people or black people or, you know, gay people or this or that. And the truth is, we need that. Mm -hmm. We need less fucking hate. But I'm going to tell you this. Posting a positive fucking meme saying, oh, love, that's not how you fix it. You fix it like I said, you know, like I said, by not tolerating the bullshit in your family. Right. Okay? And holding your family's conversation to a higher standard. Not allowing things in private to happen that you would would not allow in public to happen. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's about, dude, it's about all of you who are listening right now to quit fucking lying and quit letting things slide over here because it's your aunt Mildred from, and she's old. And you know what, dude, you either stand for fucking shit or you don't. And that's that. And if you don't stand for it in your family, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, you don't stand for it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't tolerate that shit at home. Mm -hmm. I don't have people in my family that say that shit to me. You know why? Because the next, the last time they said that shit to me, I fucking gave them an earful. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? You're either about it or you're fucking not about it. And that's that. It's right or wrong. It's real simple. But the way things change and the way that we get around all the problems that we talked about last week is by starting with ourselves and starting with ourselves, not about tolerating, but learning how to communicate in a way that doesn't cause more division, Mm -hmm. right? And that takes fucking a lot of things. It takes intelligence. It takes uh, commitment. It takes tolerance. It takes patience. And honestly, humility, humility, um, it takes you studying, okay? It takes empathy, and all of those things together, putting those things together in a situation to create a better outcome, to me, is honorable. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that's what, that's what life's about, dude. It's about holding yourself to a standard that you would like to see society have, because you never know who's watching or who's learning or who's emulating what it is that you stand for. Mm-hmm. So be that at work, be that on social media, be that at home, and things will start to change around you. And your immediate world will change quickly. Not 30 years from now. Not Because I think that's a, lot, a big problem for people, right? Like a big problem for people are like, dude, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what I do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so not true. Right. It, it, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not true. But people think that. They think, you know what? I'm just going to do this because it doesn't fucking matter. The world's shit. The world's this. The world's that. I give up. And that's not the truth. The truth is, is that what you do matters a lot. Yeah. You just might not see it right away. It's, it's a fact of human existence that one person can royally screw up a country but also one person can start the movement that transforms it for the That's better. Right. It just it sounds cheesy and it sounds like the motivational memes we're talking about, but it really is true. Like that is how effective one human life can be. Well, and the truth is, Vaughn, is not everybody listening has the tools to change the world. 
Not everybody listening can speak into a microphone and move millions of people, okay? Not everybody can think in a way that would change the world. But everybody listening right now has the ability to change what's going on in their home, to Mm -hmm. change what's going on in their friend circle, to be a leader in that group. And that will drastically improve the quality of your life a hell of a lot more than posting some bullshit regurgitated meme that we see on every wannabe fucking Oprah's fucking Instagram account. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And that's real change. Absolutely. So... Good stuff, man. Yeah, dude. I like these Sunday sermons, man. Yeah, it's a little bit good. different. You yeah. Know? Um, this was a good sequel to last week. Well, I, I don't see any reason why we can't keep building off of it. Yeah. Just solve no, the world's problems, right? Yeah. Hey, yeah. So, guys, um, that's the show for today. I appreciate you guys listening. Vaughn appreciates you guys. Uh, Tyler appreciates you guys, even though he's in New York doing some weird shit, probably, <laughs> for his birthday. But uh, we love you guys. Thank you guys for all the support. Uh, pay the fee. You know what the fee is. The fee is tell a friend if you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, all right, guys. Love you all. Black, white, gay, purple, <laughs> fucking 27 genders. We're all homies, all right? Talk to you guys later. 